Welcome to Grace United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. We are a group of people who are caring together and growing together. You can learn more about our church and its ministries at franklingrace.org. Today is one of those weird days where we actually lit the fifth candle last night for the Christmas Eve Eve, but now we're lighting the fourth candle this morning so that we can light the fifth candle tonight again. We have gotten confused at times as well, but it is the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we have been working through a series all about weariness, but more than weariness, about rejoicing. And how does a weary world rejoice? Are you feeling the weariness? Are you feeling the joy. Both, I hope. If you're not feeling one, then you're probably not paying attention. If you're not feeling the other, you're not paying attention either. So our response to week one to that question, how do we rejoice as a weary world? We we acknowledge, I'm going to have to say a lot of W's, we acknowledge our weariness. And then we responded to the question, we find joy in connection. Our third response was, we allow ourselves to be amazed. And today's response to the question, how does a weary world rejoice? We sing songs of hope. Songs are such a beautiful part of being human. Quite miraculous that we even have music, if you think about it. All the people that came up with the various instruments and the theory and somehow able to communicate it on paper that we can all join in in different parts and create something beautiful. Well, for the most part, Most of us sing beautifully. If you don't, God gave you that voice. You sing loud anyway. (laughs) We express words, but more than words, we offer a new layer of meaning when we sing through poetry and repetition, through energy and passion, through emotion and anticipation. We sing songs of hope, and that is how a weary world rejoices. Today, we're going to read through two songs together, the song of Mary and the song of Zechariah. We mentioned them in prior weeks that they erupted into song, but we continued on through the story and the narrative. Well, today, we're going to focus on those songs because they are steeped with meaning and history far more than I'm even aware because they were Hebrew people who knew the stories and knew all the illusions and knew how they connected with other songs sung earlier in Scripture. They are loaded with images to show what God was doing and is doing because they express a deep faith, deeper than we might have noticed. Two people who had every reason to be weary, they found an explosion of joy in song. So we will turn to the song of Mary first, or Miriam, as we might call her. That was her name. It's called or referred to as the Magnificat, simply because in the Latin translation, the very first word of her song is Magnificat. But before we read this song, I want to set the mood a little bit, as we have been doing the best we can through the prior weeks. Mary's people are a people who are occupied by another power, a stronger power, They were terrorized by that power. They were longing for God to do something, for God to do anything. But the mood is important here because I invite you, you're going to be reading it with us. 
And I invite you not to read it like we normally do scripture where we read monotone and keep going. We want to try to bring our emotion, capture Mary's. So imagine, if you will, imagine a world where whoever holds the biggest weapon rules or whoever has the most of the biggest weapon rules. Imagine a reality where the rich and elite dominate and make the rules to further their own status and wealth so that the cost of their extravagant indulgence falls on those who already don't have enough. Imagine watching your parents, your grandparents, probably your children and grandchildren live this reality with no hope of anything changing unless God acts. Imagine God being silent for years and years and years while people pray for peace, while they pray for the world to move and shift into the direction of justice and fairness. Imagine reaching the point where you find it hard to pray at all because what good is it doing? And now imagine that you have received news that not only is God acting, but acting through you in the most bizarre, unanticipated, unorthodox, and untimely way. Imagine that you were young and likely not to be believed if you shared this good news. Imagine that you have one way to truly find some peace, and that is by visiting your relative who is also experiencing a miraculous inclusion into God's plans. Imagine you meet the relative face to face, and she confirms everything that's happening to you without you having said a word beyond a greeting. Imagine this great thing God is doing is 100% true and you suddenly know it in your bones, in your soul. Imagine that this thing is far bigger than you or your family or your own people. And now, let's read together the canticle of Mary with the kind of emotion that we can imagine she embodied. Magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my, sa my Savior, who has looked with favor on me, a lowly servant. Surely from now on, all generations 
will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is the name of the Lord, whose mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. The arm of the Lord is strong and has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from the thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has come to the aid of Israel, remembering the promise of mercy, according to the promise made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. and preparing to nurture, give birth to, and raise up the Messiah. She looks far beyond herself to sing about what God has done. Did you notice? Not what God's about to do, but what God has already done. The beginning of God's act is as sure as the end. The world is being brought to rights. Good news for the poor and humble not so good news for the rich and powerful. Not that it isn't ultimately good news, but when you're on top and things have to be equal, those who are lifted up celebrate, those who are brought down don't, but it is ultimately a good thing. Her very pregnancy is a product of this reversal, this lowly servant being exalted to carry the Messiah. Miriam, not great and powerful by any standards of her world, she's being entrusted with the task and all that it means. And she gets it far more than we might ever think to sing asking her if she knows. Miriam knows more than all of us. And Jesus will continue and preach this message that she is lifting up. His coming is not for the people who think it's for them. He comes to flip power on its head from first to last, from greatest to least. And he comes for those pushed to the margins by the privileged. And he comes to stand toe to toe with the empire of the world, which means he comes to die. But his kingdom will never end. Amen? Amen? And then there's Zechariah, elderly Zechariah, late 40s, <laughs> silent for months, pondering, reflecting, praying, listening, tending to his wife for months and months. You wonder what he thought about? He couldn't scroll on his phone. There was no TV. Left alone with his thoughts, with no voice. He watches Elizabeth as the miracle is slowly revealed. But he also wrestles with his own lack of faith. And then his son is born. The son he never thought he'd have. 
For eight days, he watched and listened to his son and reflected upon all that he would be part of to bring about the great healing of the world or the great saving of the world. Eight days, and he's still silent until, until he gives his son the name which he was instructed, Johannes. And suddenly he can speak again. And what do you say when you can finally talk again? Imagine having been a faithful husband, priest, person. Imagine working to bring sacrifice and worship to God at the temple while being watched over and monitored by people who have no respect for what you do. Some do and some don't, meaning the Roman Empire are there watching, monitoring. Imagine having longed for a family for your entire adult life and it not happening. Imagine wondering why God might be denying you this wonderful gift. Imagine serving in the temple and experiencing the presence of God through a messenger. Imagine longing for an encounter like this. Who wouldn't want that? And he failed to believe in the moment it might have mattered most up to that point in his life. Imagine sitting with that, silent, for months, watching your wife walk further into pregnancy, wondering, waiting, longing, and then you can speak. The Canticle of Zechariah. Again, let us read with the kind of joy and hope we can imagine Zechariah shouted in proclamation. who has looked favorably on our people and redeemed them. The Lord has raised up for us a mighty Savior from the house of David. Through the holy prophets, God promised of old that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hands of all who hate us. To show mercy promised to our ancestors and to remember the holy covenant. The oath that God swore to our ancestor Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free from worship without fear, in holiness and righteousness, in the presence of the Lord all our days. child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God the dawn from on high will break upon us to shine upon those who sit in darkness 
and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah looks far beyond himself and his son to God's wider plan put into place long ago. And he looks all the way back to the beginning of the story of Abraham's family, his son Jacob, also called Israel. And he remembers the promise. The promise is that all the world will be brought to rights and be blessed through this family. The blessing was always for the entire world. He remembers the promise made to David. He remembers that although God has been silent, God has never forgotten. He remembers that healing is coming through Israel's forgiveness, the forgiveness that Christ comes to bring, that the temple will be restored, but in a whole new way. He has hope because of the tenderness of God, and this will lead the people into the way of peace, peace being right relationship once more. To Zechariah, like Miriam, this has already been done. God has acted. The miracle has begun, and it grows in the bodies of these two powerful, rebellious, defiant, connected, and strong women. Miriam, Elizabeth, and Zechariah's faith doesn't hesitate, even if weariness remains. Hope becomes the foundation upon which they move forward with their calling. Hope that is suddenly realized. Their hope erupts into joy because God is moving. God is acting through them. God is remembering the promise to humanity. God is beginning a new age. God has come through one infant born and the other on the way. God is entering into the world to bring the kingdom onto earth forever. Let us remember and tell this story once more because God is our hope today. Amen. Yes, the world is full of darkness and violence. Yes, people are still playing the game of us and them. Yes, we aren't perfect and we are impatient. Yes, the greed of some on the planet leaves millions of people without basic needs today. Yes, people are far too wrapped up in things that ultimately don't matter. Yes, we are weary. Amen? but the light has come through Miriam's child. People are discovering this light and they're setting aside the us versus them every day to learn to see that every human being is a sibling of every other human being. People are learning to allow space for differences and imperfections. People are running out of energy to continue to feed hatred and ignorance because you always run out of steam when that's what you're chasing. People are becoming more and more generous by the generation. And if that surprises you, go read about it. Younger generations are the most generous generations we have seen yet. People are taking a step back to reevaluate what is truly important. Better days lie ahead. The best day is yet to come. Amen? Amen. But it's as good as already arrived. So let those who think they can build their seats of power know that the time has already come. God has come into the womb of Miriam and is born unto us. 
The days of darkness are numbered. The son of a revolutionary daughter from Nazareth already reigns with truth and grace. So go amid the weariness and sing your song of hope for a weary world. Amen.